Blog Talk Radio. Wrestling. A love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand. The wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Welcome back to Off the Rails Radio. I hope you, everybody is staying warm on this lovely Tuesday evening. Uh, we are back on the air. Of course, tonight we are we are scheduled to have the Spirits of Detroit, Cassidy and Jonte Keith from Detroit, Michigan. Uh, they are actual brothers. Uh, still hold, trying to get them on the line, um, so just bear with me. So I'm going to go through a couple other things here. First, I want to thank of, thank you for everybody that tuned in to last week's show with the manager of champions, Phil Fair. Uh, Great interview, good amount of downloads, good amount of listens. So let's just keep it up. Uh, First, I do want to plug all my social media. You can find me at facebook.com slash off the rails radio. You can find me on Twitter at OTR radio 83. And you can find me on Instagram at OTR radio 83. Um, Give me Give me one second here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, sorry, I'm something. Um, I do want to let everybody know that, unfortunately, it doesn't look like the Spirits of Detroit will make it on the air tonight. Uh, Cassidy Keith had a special issue that came up. Uh, so I want to try to fill some time here. And I know, ladies and gentlemen, in the last month, this is the second time this has happened. Oh, okay. Well, he's saying he can't call in. So, um, give me one second here. For some reason, my keyboard is typing all backwards. Um, so, yeah, I am so sorry, ladies and gentlemen. It's live TV. What do you expect? Um, <clears throat> so, I do want to let everybody know. Um, I've been talking about something on, well, I'm not really talking about it. I've been posting some mysterious, um, cryptic posts on Facebook on both my personal page and on off the rail, off the rails radios, Facebook page. And it's called hashtag OCB hashtag OCB. So what that means is, um, I, 
plan at the beginning of the year to step back inside the squared circle. Not quite sure for who yet. Haven't even um, haven't even really looked into to who I'm going to try to get booked with. All I know is right now I am training to try to drop some weight and get back into ring shape and get back in the ring. Um, I am looking forward to it. I've, I've just I've missed it so much. Now a lot of you are asking, probably are asking, what does that mean for Off the Rails Radio? Um, I still plan to continue with the podcast as long as they don't interfere with each other. Um, I might cut the shows to every other week instead of a weekly podcast. Uh, it just it, it it depends. I mean, it just depends on how everything goes. Because right now, you know, I plan on coming to you live every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at least until December. Because come December, I'm going to take the month off for um, for the holidays. You know, because everybody needs a break. Um, we're obviously we are running tonight with Halloween, uh, so happy happy Halloween to everybody out there listening. Um, so right now, uh, while while we're waiting for Cassidy Keith to hop on the phone with us, I'm going to go ahead and send us into our first break, and it's um, Metallica's "Am I Savage."
All right. That was Metallica with Am I Savage. Um, before we bring on uh, Cassidy Keith, I do want to let everybody know that you can head on over to Collar and Elbow Brand.com. They've got a new fall line out with some hats, with the metal tee, and some other shirts, and some other really good shirts. Um, we're also supporting Cancer Awareness Month, which obviously, honestly, today is the last day. But before we bring on Jonte Keith, or and I'm sorry, Cassidy Keith, uh, Jonte will not be joining us tonight due to personal reasons. Um, you can head on over there, use the promo code WING, and save 10% off your order. Help out the podcast, help us keep us on the air, and get you some great looking merch. And here, so here is the here is a commercial for Collar and Elbow. Then we'll be right back. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and we here at Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand want to do our part in eradicating this horrible disease that takes away our wives, our mothers, our sisters, our aunts, our daughters. Please help us to help eradicate breast cancer. A portion of the sales of this shirt will go to help eradicate this horrible disease. Please help us help the wonderful, beautiful women in all of our lives. Collar Ann. Elbowbrand.com. All right. So, Cassie, are you with us tonight? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And how is your evening going? Man, it's hectic, but you know, it's, it's Halloween, man. So anything can happen, right? Right. All right, man. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to start this interview out with the, the basic question I ask everybody is when did you first discover the sport of professional wrestling? Brother, my entire life has been wrestling. My first memory in life is cowering under a table while the Undertaker cut a promo. Wow, when was that? Jesus, I had to have been three, maybe four. Uh probably around 92 or 3, 93, something like that. Mm, so that's so that's when he was a baby face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something about him had me scared as death, man, but I couldn't get enough of it. Yeah. It's like you don't you want to look away, but then you want to look through those fingers and watch what happens next. Absolutely. <laughs> so um so when did you break into the business? Man, uh, I've been doing this for a minute, uh, just really traveling a lot more the past few uh, days. I've been doing this about eight years now. Um, I was doing this for a while under my old moniker, and then I went back and redid this with my brother, and we've been going hard for about uh, three or four years as a tag team traveling the country. Okay. And now, where most people know wrestling is to be, oh, they say they're brothers, but you and John Taylor are legit shoot brothers, correct? Yes, yes, that is my brother. Okay. Now, um, who did you train under? We trained under the Cold Brothers in uh, Detroit, uh, Brian and Chuck Colding. And um, we kind of, like I said, we went our separate ways for a while uh, because I started before he did. My brother is five years younger than me. Um, so I, I, I kind of went my own way and wanted to do things my own way. And, um, I was fortunate enough to be, uh, mentored by, uh, Sabu. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Cause, um, now you've had a few different names and I want to, 
So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you which was your first na- name. My very very first name was an iteration of who I am now, and it was Cassidy Kane. Um, originally when I started, I was in a tag team with a good friend of mine, and he went by Adrian Abel, and we tagged as Kane and Abel. Nice. Um, yeah, <laughs> I thought it was a good gimmick, personally. You know. Yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, we're two big dudes, and we just beat people up, man. It was fun. Um, And, you know, kind of when I was ready to branch out on my own, I kind of got into uh, my other gimmick that I was doing. I'm not doing it anymore, but uh, it was like, it was my homage to to, uh, Kamala. It was uh, Terror Khan. And uh, that's one I did for the longest, yeah. So he was kind of like a, like like the, you know, the crazy native, Giant type, right, right, yeah, the uh, Tanzanian wild man, you know. Um, I like to have said that I'd like to have said that I've done, um, you know, uh, as good of an homage as possible, you know, like without just straight ripping them off or anything. But you know, it was fun while it lasted. But I, I kind of wanted to find my own way. Right, I I totally under when I for, understand how you feel because when I started. Uh, I broke in back in 2004, and my trainer, because I had a ha- bad habit, and I think a lot of people, when they break into the business, they have a bad habit of wanting to smile a lot when they're in the ring, right. when they're training. And yeah. I kept doing it, so he stuck me under a hood, and I became mass superstar number 5,433. <laughs> oh, man. And, uh, uh, generic and, character three. <laughs> yes. And it was only supposed to last for me like six months until I got some seasoning and I uh, take the mask off and go from there. Man, that damn gimmick stuck around for eight years <laughs> <laughs> to the point. And then, I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> yes. And uh, to the point where towards the end, I hated it just cause I wanted to be me, which I didn't really like, watch any of Bill Eadie stuff as a superstar. Right. I just did my own thing. Yeah. And, because if I felt if I watched his stuff, then I would be like, you know, trying to mimic what he does. Right. Exactly. So, what was your first home promotion? Man, my first home promotion, um, geez, I gotta think back. It was Pro Wrestling All-Stars in Detroit. Um, actually, you know what? I would say even more so, it was, um, AWWL, um, All World Wrestling League, uh, ran by uh, Eddie Farhat, uh, the Sheik's uh, son, Sabu's cousin. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what was your, um, what if any, was there anything of note that you did there, or was it just basic working, you know, stuff like that? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was basically just like working, you know, like owning my craft, you know, kind of, you know, uh, getting my feet wet, you know, with, uh, just, you know, working it. um, it, I was fortunate enough being such a big guy that I didn't really get that, you know, how everyone says, like, you kind of go through that phase where you just get the crap beat out of you. I didn't really go through that, you know, uh, they kind of threw me in the deep end really early. Like I, I don't think I was a month into, uh, working full time before I was in the ring with Rhino. And, uh, and it was just, you know, and, and it was a big change from training. Now I here I am, you know, working in these main events with these, you know, named guys and uh and 
it, it grew me up quick, though. It grew me up quick. Mm-hmm. Now, when now you you're kind of like I am. I'm a bigger guy, and um, I don't right. know how tall you are. Uh, but did you get the? I used to have a bad habit of bumping for everybody, no matter the size, yeah. <laughs> just because I loved to bump. And yep. did you get yep. any of that when you were breaking in? Like, dude, you should that dude's a pencil. You shouldn't be bumping for him. Absolutely. That was my thing. You know, I, you know, uh, it's like, you know, but you don't know. Uh, and I had to have guys kind of be like, Hey man, you're, you're brick wall. Like, you know, when, when, uh, when a tomato hits a brick wall, does the wall move? You know? <laughs> so, um, that was, that was one of my biggest things that I, I had to get rid of quick because, you know, it, was just, it wasn't, it wasn't doing me or them any justice. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I mean, it makes them look strong as hell, but it makes you look crappy. Yes. Yeah. Because I, I remember yeah. one time I was wrestling a guy or working with a guy that was about 200 pounds, soaking wet, holding a brick, and I took a backdrop. And just because I could get oh, wow. really high on a backdrop. Yep. And yep. one of my friends who was kind of a mentor to me, his name was Stevie Phillips, I got in the locker, locker room. And he about beat me three ways from Sunday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Absolutely, so yeah. I usually, when I do my research on, on my guests uh, that I don't personally uh-huh. know, uh, I usually I use Cage Match. It's, called, it's the Internet Wrestling Database. Uh, now, right. I'm going to run some th- through some promotions, and I want you to tell me about your time in each one if you don't care. The first yeah, one I'm looking sure. at... Is it looks like it's an off brand of the National Wrestling Alliance. Yeah. Was, uh, Which probably one was CIW, that? I'm guessing. CIW, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, CIW was uh, ran. They're actually still running, but they're not affiliated with the NWA anymore. Um, I'm not with them anymore. But uh, it was uh, ran by Phil Monahan uh, from Legion and um, Andy Shane and. Uh, one of the, you know, like one of those places that really put me in, you know, uh, in that spotlight that, you know, I, that made me feel confident enough to be, you know, uh, in the, in the ring with these guys who've traveled the world. So I I can't say enough, say enough good things about them. All right. Now, uh, did you have any like memorable matches, memorable angles while with CIW? Yeah, um, I would say, like, we had this, uh, I was still Terracon at the moment, and I was running a, um, I was running this uh, stable, it was, uh, the Hostile United Republic of Tanzania, so if you broke it down, it was hurt, and um, <laughs> we were, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm one of those guys, so <laughs> we um, were doing some really cool stuff out there, and we ended up, um we're doing this feud with like uh, Shane Douglas and a couple other guys, and it was just really cool to just you know learn from these you know from these great guys. Okay, all right. And then the next promotion that I'm looking through here is DIW, which is actually a promotion or D, D, Destination One Wrestling. D One, yes. Yeah, I knew a lot of people that worked there. Uh, how was your time there? Because yeah. it looked like you spent a couple years. Man. There. Yeah, I love D1W. It's one of my favorite places. Um, it was it was a place where I kind of I, I branched out. It was when I kind of knew that I was ready to 
do my own thing, you know, like uh, uh-huh. the, the coolest part about working with D1W was that I was a part of the stable. They were doing like a whole, you know, you know, every promotion does like the takeover type of gimmick, you know. Um, so here I am and I'm still very, very green at this point. And I'm in, uh, and I'm in a stable with, you know, guys like Aaron Williams, who's the current, you know, uh, IWA champion and the, both the Chris brothers and, you know, and, um, and, uh, I'm wrestling all these awesome guys and Isaiah's and I'm, and I'm doing all this really, really cool stuff. And I'm just like, wow, like I'm really here, man. Like it, it was pretty cool. Nice, yeah, because I'm looking at some of your matches, and there's some people on here, like Isaiah. I've worked with Isaiah before. Um, it was when I was really green. Um, now, when you yeah. worked with Isaiah, did he have the shin guards on his arms? Cause he used no, to wear he sh- didn't have the shin He used to wear shin guards, like plastic shin guards on his arms. And he would give you that forearm, and it would hurt like hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, um... I got I got lucky. I got a uh, cuz you know, uh, one thing about Isaiah is his uh like his one of his top 3 easy favorite idols was Sabu. So, you mm-hmm. know, um once he found out that uh I was being mentored by him, like he was, you know, he was like, "Hey man, like we got to do something." Like so, it was really it was really cool that it, that uh we were able to work. Nice. And I've seen you actually won a title while you were with uh D1W. Uh looks like yeah. it was the the D1W tag team title. Uh, you defeated yeah. Randy, you and Anthony Lee. That's my dog. Sorry. Um, you you and Anthony Lee defeated Randy Therese and Shane Mercer. Um, yeah. Which Shane yeah. Mercer is a good friend of mine. Uh, he lives right down the road from me, actually. Um, yeah. What was it like with that match? You know, it was it was crazy because we were actually the first ever D1W Tag Champions, and. Right. Um, that we were actually like the first ever D1W tag champions. Uh, like it was, it was pretty cool. Like we won this tournament and the crazy thing about it was like, they put us together at the last minute and we just clicked and like, you know, Anthony is still a really good friend of mine to this day. And it's just like, you know, we were just, you know, like I said, like almost like with my old partner, we're just two big dudes beating the crap out of people, man. And it was fun. It was special. I was like, I believe it was my first uh, indie title. So it was pretty cool. All right. All right. And it looks like the last match I'll note that I have here is a big multiple man match in November of 2013. Adam Gooch, Anthony Lee, Mitch Johnson, Simon Says, and Tara Khan defeated Isaiah, Kyle Ma- Maverick, Lennox Norris, and the yeah. Rick and Tracy Smothers. What was it like being in the yeah. ring with Tracy Smothers? <laughs> Man, Tracy is one of the greatest people I have ever known. And. Uh, you know, and I didn't know, like, you know, when you come in and you see Tracy Smothers and, you know, you want to shake his hand and you learn from him, but, like, it's it's different when, like, he um, recognizes you, you know? So, like, it was, it was crazy that uh, he saw me once without the pain and he's like, oh, he, he's called me, uh, he, he's called me uh, Little Kamala. And he's like, oh, Little Kamala. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, he knows who I am. That's crazy. You know? <laughs> and, um... It was it was so cool, man, and and I got to work with him again, like this year actually, uh, with my brother. We actually te- uh, teamed up against him and Little Guido. We did uh, us versus FBI. That was really cool. Nice, yeah, that would be pretty cool. Now uh, we'll move on to the next uh, promotion that I see here. It looks like it's the Metro Wrestling Alliance. Yes, NWA. And how w- how was that promotion? 
you know, it, it's one of those smaller promotions, but, you know, the guys there were all hungry and, you know, like no real notable names, I guess you could say, uh, except for, you know, just guys that were just going out there and having these, you know, draw, you know, these drag out, you know, awesome knockout matches, man. And it was, just, it was really fun. Okay, yeah, because I, I click on your time there, and it doesn't show a whole lot, so I'm assuming you just didn't spend a whole lot of time there. Yeah, yeah, I didn't spend a lot of time there. Okay. All right. Now, how about ESW, Empire State Wrestling? I, it only shows one match, but I figured I'd ask yes. about it anyway. Yes. It, it, it was only one match, but it was actually one of my favorite matches that I've ever done. Um, I It was my first time in New York, and – uh, actually, that weekend was the first time I had traveled longer than like maybe a couple of hours. Uh, Ms. Johnson and I, uh, we uh, we were living in Detroit at the time, so we hit D1W in Kentucky, um, in Kentuckyana, and we did that. Uh, that was about five hours, and that was my debut there. And then we did ten hours to New York uh, to wrestle there, and then we did like another nine back. And it was, it was, like, my first, like, really long trip. And it's funny. I remember, like, just dying. And, like, now I'm, like, I do it every weekend. So it's crazy. Right. All right. Now, uh, the next promotion I'm looking at is National Championship Wrestling. And there it only shows one match as well. Yeah, yeah. A lot of those places, um, you know, and, and just uh, – honestly, I don't even know who really runs the, uh, the cage match. Uh, they have a lot of my terror stuff. They don't have a lot of my newer stuff. Uh, okay. But, yeah, that was, you know, it was, it was kind of the thing at the time where, you know, when um, at that time, you know, Kamala was just retiring and Kamala Jr. had just retired. So there weren't uh, really many, like, monsters like that, you know. There was, like, me and, um, you know, obviously there was uh, Congo Kong. Um, and, you know, so it was kind of like one of those things where, like, they needed a monster, so, like, they'd bring me in for a show or two. And I go and do my thing and just keep it keep keep on roving. Gotcha, boss. Uh, yeah, because what I'm doing is I'm going where it breaks it down year by year. I started in 2013, and I'm just yeah, working my way yeah. up. So the next the last promotion in 2013 is another one you know one shot deal. It looks like, and that's Juggalo Championship Wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> JCW. Yeah. Um, actually, ironically, it was uh, it was on Halloween, so <laughs> huh. we did uh yeah, uh, it was. Uh, I did their Hollow Wicked show. That was uh, my one and only time at JCW. I was expecting a lot more um, standoffishness than I did, but they're totally professionals, man. Um, one of the one of the coolest things about that, because I still talk about that to this day. Um, you know, I had a little season behind me, but like once again, still very green. I felt, um, and I was working uh, Rude Boy there, and um, this is right before he beat, um, before he became the JCW champion. And um, I'm sitting here in his locker room because they had the big concert and they only did like four matches. So I'm in this locker room and it's me and I'm in this locker room with Jimmy Jacobs, Truth Martini, um, you know, Colt Cabana, M-Dog, Matt Cross, and me, you know. <laughs> so I'm like, why, how did I get here? You know, but it mm-hmm. was really cool, and I learned a lot, man. Nice. All right. Now, the, now the promotion that um, it looks like that you've worked for the majority of your time um, is Pro Wrestling King. 
Yes, yes, I'm still there to this day. Okay, so yeah. walk us through how you started there up until now. So I started in Pro Wrestling King as Sarah Khan. Uh, they brought me in to do a one-shot, and it was fun and everything, and we kind of went our separate ways for a while. And then uh, once my brother and I started uh, tagging, you know, um, with our many different names, uh, they wanted us back to do a, a show. And basically we were there to just kind of, you know, um, enhance the show a little bit, you know, like it, there was no plans on being there full time and the fans just took to us instantly. And so much so that we, uh, we got brought back and, um, we were doing that. We started doing that for almost two years now. And, uh, we won our, the PWK tag titles, I want to say early October last year. And except for seven days, we've been champions ever since. So a little over a year now. Yeah, because I, I follow you on Facebook, where we are, we're friends on there, and I noticed yeah. your back is your bag has gotten really heavy here lately. <laughs> yes. yes. So I, I do want to congratulate well. you on that success. Um, so, what all promotions are you working for right now? Well, uh, right now, I mean, uh, you know, we do our one shots. We got some really cool stuff going up that I can't talk about. Um, okay. Like. Hopefully, uh, in the near future, we, we got the okay to uh, start doing Dojo Wars for CZW, so that's going to be really cool. Um, we're working at Pro Wrestling King. Uh, we do um, Northwest Ohio Wrestling, where I'm the, uh, I'm the I just won the title out there, uh, my singles title out there, and that's in uh, Ohio, uh, Toledo, Ohio, actually. Uh, I would consider PWK and NOW my home feds. They're both interchangeable to me. Um, we work, we work out there. Uh, there's a NGW in, uh, Brooklyn in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, and like, uh, there's live pro wrestling and, uh, that's in Indiana as well. We got, uh, HCW hardcore championship wrestling that we do in Indiana. We're champions out there too. You know, so like, there's a lot of places that we're, that we're working. Uh, and we just started at, uh, MDWA last week and that's actually, local um which is funny because we you know like our tag name is uh spirit of detroit and it's one of the funny one of the running gags that we travel so much that spirit of detroit doesn't actually wrestle in detroit so it's kind of funny (laughs) so um how did how did you and your brother come up with the tag team of spirit of detroit well you know uh born and raised in detroit um we've always been very very you know uh city conscious. We've always loved where we come from, you know, represent where we come from, uh, love the teams out here, you know, the, you know, Pistons, Lions, uh, Tigers especially. Um, I actually used to work for the Tigers uh, when I was a chef back in the day. Um, and, you know, it's just, Detroit's always been our home. And one of the things that we like to, that we like to do is that even though we're going, you know, to all of these cool places around the country, and, you know, we're able to go and see all these cool things. We like to say that we represent our city. So everywhere we go, they know about the spirit of Detroit. Nice. All right. Um, now, I want to talk about a match that you just had recently that I popped yes, big sir. for when I, when I, when I wa- got to watch some of the video of it. And that was you mm-hmm. and your brother versus the Faces of Fear. 
who was one yes. of my favorite tag teams growing up. How yeah. how nervous was you before you stepped into the ring with Barbarian and Haku? <laughs> uh, nervous was nervous was a, a yeah a very um, <laughs> you know you you hear the stories and you know uh, and you think they're stories and then you and then they're like uh, you know they're said by these you know these legends like you know like there's like a YouTube video of Ric Flair talking about it how he saw Haku take out a whole you know, police station, you know, <laughs> and, it, and it's crazy. So I'm like, you know, I'm going in there and I'm like, all right, so we're going to be as respectful as humanly possible. You know, um, we want to have a good match, but we don't want to piss these guys off, you know? <laughs> so even though they're a lot older, I'm, you know, they're still built like brick houses, man. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause a lot of the times and I see and when I used to work, which, you didn't get to tune into the beginning. I took a hiatus back in 2015, and okay. 2018 I'm getting back in the ring. Um, oh, cool! Back then, I used to see so many guys. They would, they would come. Big names would come in. They would look at the person that they're working, and they would be like, "Oh, we're doing this, this, and this, and this." And you're listening, and you, and the guy is so awestruck of working with this name that he may have grew up watching yeah. on TV that are just like, yeah, sure, whatever, man, whatever, we'll do it. And then it is, uh, you know, 20 minutes of putting over the, the legend. And Right, right. Man, the, the, you guys got to get some major league offense in on, on Haku and Barbarian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things that uh, I like to say about my brother and I are that we're respectful, but at the same time we're not pushovers. You know, mm-hmm. um we, you know, uh, we got to sit and talk with the guys and, you know, and I, and they definitely, you know, uh, said that we earned their respect, which is more than any win or loss could ever do just to have the respect of the faces of fear. And, you know, just, and when we went out there and we were having this match and they're beating the crap out of me, I'm not a small guy, man. I'm six, one, uh, almost 400 pounds and they're beating the crap out of me. Right. So. <laughs> You know, uh, everything breaks down, and we're out there, and we're fighting, and, you know, and we're we're giving it just as well as we're taking it. And, you know, um, at the end of the day, you know, they threw the match out, but, you know, we it's crazy to say it, but we got the better of them, which is a lot of people can't say that, you know? And because I got to meet Barbarian back in 2005, and he was one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Totally cool, oh, totally respectful. Uh, granted, the, that night was a pain because it was an outdoor show and it rained earlier in the day, and we had vinyl oh, mats. So you can imagine how much fun that was. That dude right. sits on that mat, you go to take a run, you fall on your butt, you know, fun stuff. And yeah. <laughs> um, so besides besides the faces of fear, who would be the biggest names that you and your brother have gotten gotten the pleasure of working against? Um. I would say, you know, we you know we've been in the ring of faces of fear. Like I said, we uh we actually got a victory over uh, the FBI uh, earlier this year. Um, you know, I would clearly, you know, one of the things that I think that we can say is that we're that team that people don't know about yet. We're we're mm-hmm. right there, you know. So I, I would say the faces of fear was the biggest. The faces of fear and FBI were definitely the biggest. Uh, matches that we've had as a tag team. Um, I, I, I like to say that we're like, we're like right there. We're 
Uh, I think that once we start off with these dojo wars and, you know, and we get the name on a little bit better, uh, we're going to, you're going to see a lot more of us. And, um, you know, one of the things that I can say about my brother and I, and, and this isn't even like boasting, this is just the honest truth. People know when the spirit of Detroit are, are on the card, man, we're going to go crazy. We're going to give the people their money's worth and we're going to, you know, we're going to have a hell of a match no matter who we're, we're in the ring with. Nice. All right, so uh, what what I want to do right now is I want to take a small break, um, mm-hmm. and then when we come back, we'll we'll talk about your career a little bit more. All right, all right, we'll be back here in about five minutes, ladies and gentlemen. This is Off the Rails Radio.
All right, that was Slayer with Raining Blood. Um, so real quick here, uh, I do want to go over some things that I didn't go over at the beginning of the show. It's mainly our upcoming guests um, and, and such as that. Um, on next week, we've got Creature Feature John Campbell. On November 14th, we got Eric Emanen. On November 21st, Off the Rails Radio goes global as Australian independent wrestler Vinny Vane will join us. And then on November 29th, we'll have Michelle Myers. She was originally scheduled on November 28th, but due to me attending SmackDown uh, to, next, on, that, on the 28th in Lexington, I will not be able to do that show that night. Um, if you want to visit Off the Rails Radio and get stay up to date on who all is going to be on the show, you can visit, visit me at on facebook.com slash off the rails radio. You can, you can follow me on Twitter at OTR radio 83, or you can follow me on Instagram at OTR radio 83. Um, real quick, we're going to play our last collar and elbow commercial. Uh, you can also go to collar and elbow brand.com. Use the promo code wing and save 10% off your order. Fall is in the air. That means pumpkin spice lattes. That means pumpkin spice everything. Uggies, yoga pants. God, I hope I can fit into mine this season. Scarves. And baseball tees. Hoodies. Not yet, but soon. The metal tee. No need for any cease and desist here. And hats. Stop by CollarAndElbowBrand.com today and get your fall drop immediately. It's fall, y'all. CollarAndElbowBrand.com You'll be the coolest person in Starbucks whether you're wearing yoga pants and Ugg boots or not. In fact, I like to go to Starbucks without the bottoms on all the time and just wear my Collar and Elbow Brand type shirts. I immediately get my coffee and go. And then he probably makes a trip to the police station. Um, so we got <laughs> we we got Cassidy Keith with us, and now we've also got his tag team partner and brother, John Tay Keith. How are you doing today, bud? I'm good. How you doing, man? Not too bad, man. So we've kind of went over um, Cassidy's career and mixed in with a little bit of the tag team. So I guess we will now swing it to you. So when did you first see professional wrestling? Uh, I first, uh, I can't really, I don't really have like a, a actual age on when I actually saw it because I used to like just skim through it. I wasn't a fan of it at first. Like I wanted to be a basketball player. <laughs> and um, I, I can say I probably like actually sat down and watched it probably around, say, 11, 10 and a half for 11, and then I've been hooked there since. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, when did you break into the business, and who trained you? Well, I owe a lot of my uh, career. I, I got to give my brother credit once because he actually put me on. Um, he trained me. A lot of folks don't know that, but he taught me the basics of everything, and I just ran with it. Um, he taught me everything except how to fly and whatnot and kill myself in the ring. I do all that on my own. So that's not, that's not his teaching. That's just stuff I do by myself. But, um, okay. yeah, Cass, Cass is a, a big influence on me. Um, 
we also got family in the business too. Our uncles, the Cole brothers, they uh, they taught us the game of pro wrestling. Like they didn't actually like put his hips to like the moves and whatnot. They taught us things how to like handle ourselves backstage, handle um, the politics backstage, and handle the bigotry backstage. You know those type of things. And yeah, really. So I, I'm really I hate to say it, but I'm kind of a self-trained guy. Like I, I learned the old school way and. You know, the old school way is getting in the ring and having a veteran beat on you until you just decide to defend yourself and be like, all right, <laughs> this is not going to happen no more. Right. So. Yeah, because you get in there, and if you don't cut them off, they will just keep right. on going. And it exactly. sucks. <laughs> exactly. Um, so um, what was the first home promotion that you worked for, that you just worked for regularly and while you cut your teeth in the business? Um. Really? Like, I was bouncing back and forth because it was this old company that started um, that me and my brother were both a part of back in the day. And um, it was a, a, a little yard and fed that was out there. But it, we ended up getting a building and stuff like that. And, and it was it's a long story. But after that folded, um, I was really just trying to hone my skills down here in Michigan. And that was a bad idea because I, was, I wasn't getting booked here in Michigan like that. So... Um, I kind of stopped wrestling because I was discouraged with that. And uh-huh. I was wrestling for this company called AWWL, Eddie Farhat Company, the Sheik Sun. And um, that was another discouraging moment in my life, wrestling down there with him. <laughs> so, yeah, I was uh, bouncing around until me and Cass hooked up officially. Now, what, when you say discouraging, because I know you're you're a smaller guy. Was it pretty much you? They would bring you in, have some guy squash you, and call it a day. I would have loved to have that because then I was getting work. I wasn't getting booked at all like that. Oh, you know they they was looking at me as a guy that couldn't. This is the main things I heard coming up when I first started. I'm not marketable. Get gear, and and um and and uh, what what else I hear? Oh, gain some weight. Those are the main three things that I heard. Uh, when I first started out. And it was discouraging because, like, when they tell you to buy gear, gear is expensive. A lot of folks don't, you can't, it's, you can't, you know, just be like, yeah, I'm going to go buy some gear tomorrow, especially when you're struggling. You can't just do that. So I would make my own stuff, and I would, like, try to make it look good as much as I, as much as I could. And I'm, like, the perfect example of never judge a book by its cover because when people see me, they'd be like, oh, this kid is, He's probably trash. But when you see me in the ring, they were like, oh, he can actually go. You know what I mean? So I'm always, I was always proving myself in that aspect and whatnot. So, yeah, I was never uh, really put on shows like that. And if I did get put on shows, it was a rarity because it was probably through hearsay and stuff like that. But I couldn't just go up to a promoter and be like, yeah, can I um, want to see what I got? They were like, nah, we're good. Yeah, <laughs> I, hearsay, I, so. I I can understand the. I can sympathize with you on the flip side of that because gear gear was never an issue with me mainly because the guy that broke me in was about the same size as me and he just here's some hand me down stuff that I don't wear anymore that's worn the hell out until you can get your own stuff and right. uh, the only thing I know I invested a lot of money in that I still take pride in to this day is my wrestling boots those was like three hundred bucks and <laughs> mm. uh, but they were yeah. nice and um. But my thing was is I've always been a B 
big guy, big stomach and everything. And, and that mm. would discourage people from booking me was not the fact that I didn't have gear. It was the fact that yeah. I looked fat and I'm just like, watch me, watch me in the ring. And I guarantee you want to book me some more because I may be fat, but I've got, I've got endless cardio for some reason. And yeah, once people started watching my stuff on YouTube, then I was like, oh, okay, maybe we should give him a shot. And I would get booked a little bit more. But I was also mm-hmm. very picky on who I worked for, too. <laughs> right. That's how we were. And we still are to this day. Mm-hmm. Like, we still be like, yep. yeah, like some folks be wanting to put us on shows and stuff like that. But we're just like, nah, we don't know. We never heard of you and stuff like that. And it's not, it's nothing mm-hmm. against you. We just don't know you. You know, yeah. This is how we are. My thing is, is you know, say eight promotion ABC wants to book me, I would go watch their stuff if I could find anything online, and if it looks like mm-hmm. two kids, you know, just you know, that don't belong in the ring, I'm just like, well, if that's the show that you're, if that's the match you're putting online for everybody to see, I would hate to see what the rest of your card looks like. And I was like, no, nah, right. good, bro, because my my promoter trained me with the whole the whole working, getting as much work as you can can be an, a, a benefit, but it can also be a detriment mm. because if they don't know what they're doing, you're not going to learn anything. Yeah, absolutely. You got to wrestle. You got to work somebody that's like better than you or, or else you're not going to learn nothing. That's just how it is. That's what anything you do. You know, yep. somebody has to be better with you at something so you can like get hip or they can get you hip to what's going on. Then you can be better in the end. Okay. So what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to pick kind of pick off where I left off with Cassidy, uh, but now the question will be towards both of you, so you can both answer it. Um, what would be the best wrestling angle that you've ever been a part of? Okay, so you can take that one first. I need some time with that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think so far the best wrestling angle that uh, I would say that I've been a part of was uh, what we're doing over in Toledo with my brother and I, um, and and it's still it's still uh, budding and and it's pretty cool. But um, you know, one thing that my brother and I never do is we, you know, when we started when when my brother started out, we would uh, work all the time. But you know, once we started uh, teaming, we never got in the ring against each other. So um, in Toledo, is, Toledo's the only place where we are singles wrestlers predominantly um so we split up we kind of went our separate ways in toledo and we kind of went on these different paths that brought us right back together but this time on opposite sides and uh we had like the street fight beat the crap out of each other man and it was like it it was awesome it was like you know we stole the show and um like now it's kind of turning into this thing where it's like i can beat up on my brother and he can beat up on me, but if anybody else beats up on my brother, then it's a problem. So it, it's kind of, it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah, that's that's something from like when you were kids that you never think you'd see play out in a wrestling angle. And that's, that, I will admit, right. that is pretty creative and pretty cool. Right. All right. Yeah. So, Jonte, what would be the most your most memorable angle? After doing this a lot, of, a lot, of, I thought about it. I guess it's the same thing he just said. <laughs> because <laughs> I haven't really been like I haven't really been a lot of angles. I've been in some good angles, like solo wise, but this is the first time that 
I had, like, a whole lot of creative control with my own angle. You know, like, we thought about this in the car, and we was like, yeah, let's roll with this. And then we put it on the Internet and said, whether people like it or not, we're going to continue to roll with it. So, yeah, I, I like that. I think this is our um, our best angle, especially if we get a chance to, like, actually roll with it the way we want to roll with it. You know, we already, like, planted the seeds and stuff like that. Now we just got to watch everything grow. Nice. Now, uh, before you got on the air, we were talking about your guys' match with the Faces of Fear. And we've heard it from Cassidy's point of view, so let's get it from your point of view. Um, how nervous was you before getting in the match with those with, in the ring with those two? I wasn't nervous at all, to be honest. Um, I know the stories behind uh, Ming is like one of the um, the most terrifying people ever that walked this planet. But like, I didn't want to go into that thinking like that because, you know, like he's still like a a human being like there's got to be reasons on why <laughs> you know he did what he did because if you piss somebody off obviously they're gonna get mad and you're gonna end up fighting them right so mm-hmm. i looked at it like well just don't piss them off <laughs> you know he can't yeah. be that bad if he's not mad <laughs> you know <laughs> but um i i looked at it like this is like a big experience for us because um the faces of fear is like like, just their family alone, you know, the Samoan, that's a dynasty. Like, you want to be part of that somehow. And I felt so honored that they chose us to to be a part of a, a legacy like that. They trusted okay. us enough to actually main event with them, you know. And on, on top of that, shout out to Faces of Fear to actually being one of the nicest people on the planet. <laughs> like, like, for real, for real, like all the stories that you may have heard about them, they could be true, they could be not, but when they was with us, like we it was like a party back there. We was talking yeah. about all types of stuff. Nice. Yeah, cuz we like, me and Cassie it. was talking me and Cassie was talking about how veterans and guys from TV would come into a promotion and proceed to walk all over the top guys because they um, A've got to get their shit in, B they got to be put over, and right. I'm I've always come from the school of thought is the veteran, the, the TV guy should never get put over with a win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, and I understood like, that say, too. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, some guys, it's it's just a part of their deal. I've got a win, which I hate it. I do. Um, if I was ever booking, I would never, if you need to go over, I'm not going to book you. Cause I've always heard it right. told to me that, you know, you, you know, you know, Ming, you don't have to be here next week. He does. So I need him to go over, and then afterwards you get him with the Tongan death grip to get your po- get your heat back. And absolutely. And I've always heard good things about Ming and Barbarian that they're not like that. Um, which because right. you guys went to a no contest, I believe, and that's just as good as a win because that means you guys survived. Right. right. And I, that's how I looked at it too. Like I don't think that you need to win every. Like, this is pro wrestling. Like we're not fighting for real, and that's just my my take on it. Like. You know what I'm saying? We're we're supposed to put on the show. So I don't feel as if that we need to win every match to get ourselves over. We can get ourselves over no problem. Like, we can afford to lose. Like, I'm not worried about that, you know? Yeah. And it, on top of that, it's Ming and the Barbarian. Like, come on, man. Like, I'm just showing – I'm just looking at, like, a sign of respect that I wouldn't want to, you know, do it like that either. Like, I was perfectly fine with just having a no contest. It, it proved that how 
that we can hang with them in the actual fight anyway. So, yeah, because I mean, because yeah. what it does is it legitimizes you and the promotion you're working for to the fans. Exactly. That's why exactly. I'm a fan of the the TV guy coming in and putting over whoever they're working with because it it's only going it's going to help the business your business. It's going to make you look like ten kinds of Superman and to, to the fans that come to see you every uh-huh. week, every other week, once a month, whatever. And it also makes the promotion like, hey, they just you know they just had the Barbarian and Ming. You know who else are they going to have? Exactly. Um. So. Being that you guys have traveled a lot, I, I know I know Cassidy's traveled a lot. I'm not sure about you, but um, mm. what are some nice, funny road stories? Because everybody's got them. Yeah, we've traveled all over this planet down there. Like I've, we went from the south to the east coast. To the only place that we haven't hit was the west coast. But um, mm. the funniest road stories with us, dog. <laughs> we got so many because when we all like if it's all if it's me my cousin and my boy and Cass all in the same car there's no telling like what's gonna happen in that car to be honest with you like either we gonna bust out in a in a whole temptations type singing group or we're gonna be talking about people on the road throwing stuff at people on the road you never know what's gonna happen like I, it's so much I, I don't I don't even know Cass what you okay. think what 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 you think is the funniest thing that we probably ever did? Or no, man, was it with Lou? Was it with Lou? <laughs> <laughs> I would say, I, I I would put that up. I put that up there. Uh, one of the when we went to uh, Alabama with Lou yeah. and uh, uh, Lou Lou Crank, and um, basically we're doing this twelve hour drive, and my uh, I think I had like a two thousand one Buick POS. And it was like it was on his last legs, and we were like, we're gonna drive this 800 miles, 1600 miles round trip on it anyway. Um, and we're in the middle of like Kentucky, and we're uh, first of all, we're like right by the Jack Daniels Distillery, and it's um, in Lynchburg, Tennessee. Hello, I'm black. All right, uh, so you feel me? Um, you feel me? You know, so we're already out there. Yeah. (laughs) So we're already out there. And uh, and Lou has this thing where he doesn't concentrate on driving, but he wants to drive really fast. So Lou will drive on the road. And, you know, in Kentucky, you know, you live out there. There's, like, most of the road is, like, just those two-lane roads, right? So... Uh We're in the middle of Kentucky and, ten- and uh, going into Tennessee, and uh, Lou's, like, doing something on his phone, and he's got us halfway in the ditch. And we're like, Lou, pay attention. He goes back over, almost cuts somebody off, and then looks at us like, what? Like, What's the problem? You almost killed us, Lou. Like, oh, I'm, in the back I'm sorry, too. y'all. Right, and then he's going to talk about, so, yeah, so y'all y'all still hungry, right? What? Right, fat week. Where my appetite going after that shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. man so that's I mean, we we got a bunch of stuff, man, just from different hijinks, and I know like that one time where I just got uh, we almost got lost in New York, and um, you know, just or or that's a good one, man. Like uh, when our first tag match in in uh, Brooklyn, 
um, we get to we're we're supposed to stay at this hostel, this uh this hostel that had our rooms and we didn't prepay, thank God, but like we get there after driving ten and a half hours and the hostel that we're supposed to stop at is someone's house. It's just a house. And not only is it a house, but people are moving in as we speak. So we're like, okay, it's the middle of July. It's uh, This was like a week before uh, WWE came for uh, SummerSlam. This was their first time at the Barclays. So it's uh, 100 degrees, and we got nowhere to go. So we got this show the next day, and we're in, once again, we're in my old car with no air, and it's leaking, and, like, there's, like, a puddle of water in the car. So we literally spent half the day trying to find a hotel room because, you you know, if you end up in New York and you don't have a reservation, they're going to charge you almost $400 for a regular-sized room. Oh, crap. So we're doing all that. Oh, yeah, it's ridiculous, man. So we're driving around. Um, we're driving around New York. Uh, you know, you got to pay a different toll every time you hit a different borough. So from Pennsylvania to uh, Jersey to New York City to uh, Brooklyn to uh, you know Manhattan, it's like a good thirty dollars every single uh, borough you hit. So we're all we're like two hundred dollars down trying to find a place to go. Every single hotel is booked. And we finally get one, and my brother's like, all right, so let's go see the site. No, dude, I want to sleep. Like, it's 100 degrees outside. I'm exhausted. <laughs> like, you know, it was his first time in New York. Uh, but, like, we ended up having, like, a really good show. Uh, we killed it, like, in front of, like, it was a couple hundred people in 95-degree in weather, man. And it was it was fun, but it was, it was crazy. Was it yeah, an outside show? For, like, 20 minutes. Was it an outside show? No, no it was it was, uh, it was, oh, it was inside, but like it was one of those places that like uh, the uh, it was at like one of those training dojo type of places to like the whole front open, but it was still like ninety five degrees out, and then all the boys were in the basement, so mm-hmm. um, all the boys were in the basement, so it's a hundred and five downstairs, and it's just you got sweaty, gross dudes in a hundred degree weather, and like it, it was horrible, but it was fun though. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, and we wrestled. We wrestled for a good while, so it was like almost thirty minutes. We wrestled. Okay. In ninety-five degree weather, like that's crazy. 90, yeah, I'd say so. Um, the worst I've ever done. Um, it was. I had just won my first singles title, which was the USWF National Heavyweight Championship. My very first defense. Uh, my promotion used to do a lot of uh, mobile home shows. They'd set up in a mobile oh. home trailer. You, people could come in free, maybe buy a home. <laughs> they worked out <laughs> right. for the boys. Payoffs was amazing for the boys. So right. um, nice. the fir- my very first title defense, it starts raining like right before my match. And the, my, the booker, who was also the guy that broke me in, says, you and Stevie are going to go, wor- work, but it's raining. Don't care. You're the main event. Um, okay. <laughs> So it's on vinyl mats. It's raining. It it goes from being a wrestling match to a Three Stooges show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that happens. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. That happens. That happens. Yeah. 
and I went to roll him up and put my foot on the rope. Let's just say it looks like I was violating him. Oh, God. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got him pinned, and we just keep sliding. And it was yeah. Oh. All right. <laughs> I, don't need my, I don't need that image in my head, big fuck. Right. Uh, oh, I hated it then because at the at that point, you know, I'm I'm two years in. I'm very serious about not screwing up, and that right. match was a hum, that match was a humbler because because I, yeah. I was beat up, I was dejected, and I got I talked to Stevie who I worked with, and he was like, "Dude, we got paid. You wrestled in front yeah. of fifty people right there. We got paid regardless. Who cares if it was a bad match?" I'm, I'm looking at the belt. I'm like, I'm the champion. He said, because I, I took it very serious. Like I was the face of the company, mm-hmm. even though it's just an indie right. promotion. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And he, he kind of let me know. He said, man, have fun with it. You know, it'd be different if yeah. it was in McKinney, in McKinney, which was our home base. It'd be different if it's there, but that's two hours away. Who cares, man? Let's, right. let's mm-hmm. go laugh about it later. And, now, you brought up something, John Tay, when you first started talking, and it was something I mm. kind of wanted to bring up, uh, even though it is a touchy subject, and that was bigotry and wrestling. Um, mm. Now, in Kentucky, I don't really see I, – when I worked, I didn't really see it all that often. Um, and because one of my best friends in the business was a guy named Frank the Tank. You guys may have heard of him. His real name's Frank McIntosh. Um, which he yeah. moved out to Nevada right now. Um, he was one of my best friends, and I had my best matches. Now, in Detroit, in the surrounding areas, is it real prevalent up there? Um, maybe in the surrounding areas. I say, if the further you go up, then yeah. Um, okay. It was some. It was some stuff that happened at AWWL. You know, some stuff that Eddie may have said that. Um, I probably didn't catch back then, but now that I think about it, I'm like, huh. Because back in the day, well, not back in the day, but I'll give you an example. Um, Cass had an old gimmick. Uh, he used to go by um, this character called Terracon, and he was getting a lot of work um, as Terracon. But the reason why he was getting a lot of work as Terracon because he was a big black dude, and they felt that since he was a big black dude, that he needed to dress up like he was from the jungle. As soon as Kaz stopped doing that gimmick, his bookings went down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the reason why it went down was because they didn't see him as anything than a big black Ooga Booga type character. Yeah. So that's one of the main reasons why he hooked up with me, and we just was like, all right, let's do this on our own. You know, I, my, I had my own um, – I dealt with racism – in wrestling, um, mainly when I started going down to, uh, I'll say Indiana or whatever, you know, some of the boys would say some ignorant stuff, and I just be like, dog, like, you can't, like, that's not cool, you know. But uh, yeah, it, it's definitely around in wrestling, and mm-hmm. now that oh, I'm, I'm older, I pay more attention to it. Yeah, I know. When um, we worked in a in a town called McKinney, Kentucky. It's one of those little mm-hmm. hole-in-the-town walls, got one stoplight, um, got one gas station, but they had a little school gym. It's called the Old McKinney School Gym, and that place would pack mm-hmm. out with about two to 250 people every other weekend during the, during the winter. And we brought mm-hmm. in this guy from Louisville. Uh, you, it's another one you may have heard of. He'd been around, his name was Rico Lewis, but he went by the name of Cliffhanger. 
Nice. Yeah, Rico's a real good guy. Uh, He talks so much he can't even get the word in. But I love him nonetheless. (laughs) Uh, He's a good dude. Yeah, I made the mistake of getting on the phone with him one night. (laughs) He gave me his number. (laughs) I gave him mine, and he called me. And it was me sitting there with the receiver to my phone just listening. He was unhappy about something with with our promotion about having to put somebody over. And he just – he vented to me for two hours. Well, we're wrestling down there, and um, he was, at the time he was doing the black redneck gimmick, and which mm-hmm. I loved it because I just thought it was hilarious. He was really good at it, and um, and then he 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 had ideas of stuff he wanted to do, and me and Jimmy looked at him, which the, our locker room didn't have the right system, but the crowd did, mm-hmm. and oh yeah, um, oh yeah, um, I was I was like Rico you might not want to do that here. <laughs> and because, and he was like, why? I was like, this, this, this crowd, very conservative. Um, they had trussles that back in civil war time, unfortunately people used to get, you know, hung from. And he made a point to going of him telling the crowd, I'm going to go out next to the McKinney trussle and take a picture, and I was just like, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. And yeah. Um, and it's just the the things that, and I was out there with him in the ring because I was the bad superstar. You know, I was pretty much like his bodyguard type deal. And I'm mm-hmm. just listening to what the people are saying, and I'm from this area that we're wrestling in, and I was ashamed because I'm originally from Ohio. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and I was just like. That was my first time really seeing racism. And I was just like, mm-hmm. wow. Listening to the names, which our promoter, he kicked out a bunch of people that was, and I won't use it here even though it's in context, because I hate the word myself, but the N-word. And and I'm just right. like, and I told them, to, I was to the point, it disgusted me to the point where I almost quit. I was like, I'm not going to wrestle in this town anymore. And mm-hmm. it took some, it took some talking in to get me and get me to come back. Because I just I I've never liked it. Yeah, well, I can't you know, say um, that. And, oh, okay. Yeah, no, you're good. Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's definitely prevalent. Um, you know, when I lived in Alabama for a while, and uh, I brought my brother down there. Uh, we uh, worked down there, but for a while, uh, one of the places where I worked, I was the only black guy in the entire company, and um, you know, I'd get it, you know. Um, from a lot of, you know, the fans, like, uh, I think like my second time coming there. Cause then, you know, of course, you know, you got the black guy from Detroit. So I came in as a heel. Um, and you know, they put me up against their top baby who was this country guy. And like, I remember my second time coming, my second show, they knew I was going to be there. They would like buy boxes of chicken and literally like fucking taught me, excuse my language, but they literally like taught me with it. Yeah, they 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 taught taught me with like boxes of chicken, and I'm like, wow, like, <laughs> you know. But it, it it motivated me to want to do better and do my job. Never once did I think, oh, I'm gonna stop coming. This just made me think, oh, well, I got them now, you know. And um and I was able to become like their first ever champion, and they hated me for it. And I walked to each and every one of them and put my title in their face and said, I am your champion. And I'm your champion. 
and I am your yeah. champion. And I, it was yeah. amazing. I had to have like a police escort to, uh, escort me to my car. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah he was, hit a yeah. bear in Corbin. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, right. yeah, he was the one. He was the one that kind of you know talked me to my senses because he said, "Dude, if I'm fine with it, and I'm black, you should be fine with it, and you're white." And I was just like, mm-hmm. "Okay, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll take your word for it." And <laughs> it's always it's always hard to uh, these subjects are always touchy, but oh yeah, I feel as if like you know people we ha- we have to talk about certain things like this because. Yep. Yo, like they're still going on, and wrestling mm-hmm. is supposed to be a brotherhood. You feel me? So, sports in general, you know, that's one thing that I love about I love about sports is that nobody really cares about what color you are and stuff like that. It's just about the brotherhood. But, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes in wrestling they forget that because yep. me being black, like I'm gonna just say, me being a black dude in wrestling is like probably probably one of the hardest do the hardest things that I would have to, have to do anyway because. We all know the history of black folks and professional wrestling, what we all went through. Like, you know, it's no secret. And by me being a small black guy in wrestling, at that, I'm an easy target. So they'll look at me and be like, this guy. You know, so I got to work twice as hard. I got to do this, that, and the third. And I got to be better than almost everybody. And I'm fine with that, you know. But, you know, I think the biggest thing that's um, causing all this in wrestling is because people don't want to talk about it like that. They're scared because they don't want to offend anybody and stuff like that. But I'm more offended when you don't talk about it because then you're like, yo, like, it's cool. You know, the only way that we can get past this is if we actually have a conversation, talk about the problem, and let's fix what's going on and stuff like that instead of trying to, like, nah, you know, forget about it. Right. Right. It's like I keep my podcast more geared. I mean, my podcast is about anything. You know, it's whatever. If I think it's an interesting subject, I think people will, other people will find it interesting. And a couple weeks ago, I had a bonus show, um, and it was about the NFL and the Take a Knee movement. And a lot of people that I knew um, thought that I was going to come out and just start, ah, you should stand. And I flipped the script. I guess you could say I turned heel on them, and I supported. Mm -hmm their right to kneel. <laughs> right. And, and, you, yeah. and it's funny that they wanted you to turn heel. Like, you got to say that you turn heel. So they're making you yeah. out to be the bad guy right. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. that, that's just how this country as a whole thinks in general. Like, you're taking right. a knee and you're, you're the bad guy for that? Like, how? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. One of the yeah. things that I always say that I thought was pretty ironic is, like, you know, um, people are more um, – offended by the fact that you're protesting than what you're protesting about, which is the problem yeah. in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And cause me and my brother, um, we, we did a hour and a half long show, which you could actually go through, go in my archives and you could take a listen to it. Um, yeah. and, um, we just, we talked about it. I was like, I, I come, I, if I can remember correctly, what I said was people think that, A, by not watching the NFL, they're standing up to these protesters, which you're not. Uh, ratings really don't mean anything anymore. With uh, It's advertising. And I'm like, oh, if you want to hurt the NFL because they're letting people use their First Amendment constitutional right <laughs> to kneel. Right. Then, and, but you go out and buy Coca-Cola, which is the official sponsor drink of the NFL, you're still supporting the NFL. 
And the same people that support the NFL still support the WWE, to be honest with you, because let's just be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, the WWE are full of biggots, too. Let's yeah. just be honest. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's like, one these, of my they, favorite wrestlers of all time, but Triple H has a notorious history of, with Alberto Del Rio and um, his former manager, who I, whose name escapes yeah, me right now. Oh, yeah, a lot of um, folks still have the WWE Network, and they're still doing what they do. They pay for it. And on top of that, like, the WWE also donated a lot of money during Trump's run. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah, get Linda, like, <laughs> is a part of his cabinet, so... <laughs> Exactly. Well, for now, anyway, because it looks a lot of, a lot let's of people let's favor be honest, right. Being a part of the cabinet, being a part of Trump's cabinet has an expiration date, as we've well seen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it goes yeah, a long way. Uh, Big Cass um, got a lot of heat because he was a supporter of Trump. Apparently, he had a lot of heat yeah. with the boys because he wouldn't stop talking about it. Right. You know, yeah, I, we 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 both have friends. I didn't mean to cut you off, Cass. I'm sorry, but we uh, we both have friends. You know that turned out to be closet bigots. Like we all we do on the internet is block folks nowadays. Like that's literally all we do. Like because, <laughs> block all, because we got exactly like I got reported like a month ago. He got reported just like for the, like the past two days. You know, so we we don't play that shit, man. Like. Well, all right, wait. We can curse, right? Because I'm because this. Yeah, I feel myself. <laughs> you're fine. You're t- my, okay, my show yeah. is not PG. You're fine. All right, all right, cool. Yeah, we can play that shit, man. Like, like, like at all. And folks always get mad because we are very opinionated. Um, we speak our minds on absolutely everything, and if you don't like it, that's cool. You don't have to like it. You know what I'm saying? But just feel where we're coming from. You know what I'm saying? Don't disrespect what we're saying like we're stupid. And that's the only beef that I have because they act like we don't know what we're talking about. And we make a lot of sense. Like two brothers that's actually doing pretty good in wrestling, we actually know what we're doing. We're we're talking some real shit. You feel me? So, come on, man. Oh, I, I, I definitely understand, man. Because um, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm a, my belief is – what, if whatever you choose to do with your life and whatever you choose to believe, whether it be religion or whatnot, if it keeps you from stabbing me in the ATM, at the ATM in the morning, God bless you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, feel for free real. to carry on as long as it doesn't yeah. you know, negatively affect me. When it starts making my life That's uneasy, and, you know, and a lot of people, they take this social media shit way too serious. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. It's like I'm I'll see people, oh, drama's in my life. I'm going to have to delete Facebook over drama. And I'm just like, you that's feel the me? stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen. It's like, I'm the, yeah, I don't do so. I don't do social media yeah. at all. Like, I, I, I'll argue. Matter of fact, I don't even argue. I, I make my point, and I let other folks argue on my post, because I ain't got time to do that shit. Like, so, you feel now, me? I, like, you can now, call right me. Before, <laughs> right. Now, right before the uh, our Take a Knee episode, you know, I was commenting on the whole NFL thing quite frequently on my my Facebook and on other people's. But I, when I got on there, I was like, guys, I am tired of beating this horse to death. Uh, after this show tonight, I'm not talking about it on Facebook anymore because I've, said, I've put my thoughts out there and all I'm doing now is just re- rinse and repeating. And, right. and I still see people qu- post stupid shit about taking a knee and I'm just like, 
whatever. <laughs> and if and if I don't really yeah. know him all that well, it's unfriend. Because CM yep, Punk yep. said it the best with social media. The social media is your window to the outside world. And if you, you see some shit coming into your world, coming into your window, you fucking close the window. And that's, you know, by blocking or unblocking or blocking them or unfriending them. And that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Hell, I mean, yeah, hell, yeah. I got, yeah, we, we got you blocked on Twitter. You don't need that type of negativity in your life. <laughs> yeah, we, right we love – I post stuff like that all the time, man. Like, I don't even do it, like, to race bait or anything like that. Uh, but I do it for two reasons. One, I actually like to hear what people – you know, different opinions. Because just because we have opposing opinions don't doesn't mean that we can't be friends. It's just when your right. opposing opinion uh, is a supremacist and you feel like it should be better than mine because of who you are and who I am, that's when it becomes a problem. So when I when I post these, um, you, you, like I said, you can see it on Facebook all the time. You know, um, I'll post these uh, open-ended questions, and I wait for them to reply, and I'll let them go. And they and they have these. I had this really long one the other day, man, about like you know, uh, just Trump in general. It's like, all right, if you like Trump so much, what has he done for you personally to make your day day to day life better? Not one person can answer me. You know, is that the one uh, that I got but, into it with the dude on there? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Damn, the podcast uh, got, got involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It, it, it's insane. Like, uh, just you know, these people go out of their way to um, justify a rhetoric that makes no sense. And it's just, you know, all right, I'll let you say your piece and I'm going to block you, you know? <laughs> so it's just like right. I have people that I've spent decades of friendship with that I've had to block, and I'm like, you would think that, you know, like, there's a guy who I consider one of my best friends and a brother. Um, I had to block him. He's, you know, uh, my daughter used to call him uncle, you know. Had to block him. It's just, you know, it's like it is what it is, you know. Man, the worst one that I've ever seen, and he's in our business, uh, and it's, I don't personally know him. I've talked to him a few times on Twitter. Um but the worst one I've seen as far as if you disagree with him, he just turns into an asshole towards, to the point where, and I think even Danny Cage from the Monster Factory even kind of said, dude, yeah. this is a work. And it's it's Val Venus. Oh, my God, if you disagree oh, with wow. him, he starts with the this idiots, guy. the morons, and all of that. And I'm just like, and then the person yeah, he's yelling <laughs> at is just being respectful as a motherfucker. But yet, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. he's calling them all this. and I was like, I, yeah. I'm kind of. I agree with Danny Cage. I was like, I think that's a work. I hope it is. I, I right. hate the, the folks that th- that say that shit too. Honestly, with the, everything is a work. Like, not everything revolves around fucking wrestling all the time. But like, there's real life shit that happens. You know what I'm saying? Well, not, not everything not so is much a that work. Involved with wrestling is where he where he starts degrading people. He's turned it into an act as opposed to, you know, having. Yeah. A, to where you kind of can't take him serious because you know he's doing it, even though he might be spouting yeah. truth. Yeah. You know, that's, that's nice. who he is, man. Like, we had a friend, uh, you know, uh, Tay, uh, he did that to Tony, uh, Thunder. Um, we, mm-hmm. had, we had a buddy of ours that uh, got in an argument with him. They were like, they talked all the time on Facebook, and, like, they got in, like, one mm-hmm. argument, and he, like, went off on him. And he was like, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's crazy what you can, you with the friends you'll lose when the real life situation happens. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, just because I don't follow the Republican line and 
you know, I'm not a fan of Trump. I've had family unfriend me and my brother over it. And because we're yeah. me and my brother are both of the same thinking, you know, except my brother, if you come at him in an argument, my brother will crush your ass with facts and then mm-hmm. proof behind his facts. And <laughs> then all he'll ask is he won't get belligerent. He'll just say, show me your proof. I think I did it to that guy on your Twitter. Show me your proof. Yep. And That's absolutely. It's not my – and I think that one guy I got into with on your Facebook was, it's not my job to give you proof. I was like, no, fucker. Yeah, you're out here yeah, claiming the shit. You That's need to bring there the is proof. no proof. You ain't got it's not my job right. to find your proof. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. I remember that now. Yeah, he, like – dude, like, posted, like, 30 or 50 responses to me, and not one of them answered my question. But, like, no. you know, so they're like, all right, so it's like your sources. What, like, what proof do you have? Oh, I don't need to prove myself to you. Well, you kind of do because he brought it up. Like, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> That's why I don't And then that one friend of yours actually went one by one, and I was like, I don't got that kind of time, but God bless you, sir. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, shouts out to Denny, man. Yeah. <laughs> right. I told you. That's why I don't even argue. Like, I don't know. I just let other folks argue because I don't. <laughs> like I said, you can just call me. Because half the people yeah. that end up coming, like, they have my number. Or whatever. I'd be like, dog, what are we arguing for? You, we can talk. You feel me? Like, uh-huh. we don't have to do none of this social media stuff. We don't have to do all that. I don't really like. I swear to God, if I ain't had, if if we wasn't wrestlers, I swear I wouldn't have social media. Like, I'm. That's how much I'm done with yep. it <laughs> nowadays. Like, I only use it simply because I gotta have social media. In this day and age, if you don't have social media, you you losing. Like, yep. right. You got you gotta have. Especially for the business. Yeah, especially when you're trying to market. It's a way to market yourself. Because there's times I've thought about just, I'm just going to delete. Because I've noticed there's like five or or five days, you know, usually now it's in between podcasts that I don't fucking post nothing at all. (laughs) And it's like, right. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. So what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and, uh, Take it to the house here in a second, but before I do, um, I want I'm going to ask. It's kind of like my opening question. It's the flip side of my opening question. If there was anybody out there um, that was thinking about that was listening to this podcast that is thinking about getting into the business, um, what would be your advice to them? Uh, they say you want to go first. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Um, make sure this is what you really want to do. Um, get trained, even though I didn't get trained like the right way and stuff like that. Get trained. Go to a school. Um, keep your ears open, <laughs> your mouth shut. Um, yeah, stay true to yourself more than anything. You feel me? Don't get lost in the shuffle. Um, stay hip to things that go on backstage. Stay hip to the things that promoters may say to you. And also stay hip to, like, the people that you surround yourself with because it, this business is full of sharks. Like, let's just be honest. In this business, you've got to be a shark your damn self, you know what I'm saying, to, to get somewhere. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you want to get somewhere, it's just like politics. you got to be a shark. you got to do some crazy shit sometimes to make sure that you get where you got to go. You know, it sucks, Absolutely. but, hey, that's that's the business we live in. Um. And just be a, just be a good person, man. Like just go in 
to this business, open-minded, just always be willing to, to learn. Don't go in there thinking that it's WWE only. Like, there's a, a whole lot of other things that you can, like, try to venture out. And if you do get to the WWE, that's great because, yo, at the end of the day, like, we all – I got into wrestling because I watched the WWE. Like, Jeff Hardy and Shawn Michaels are my favorite wrestlers of all time. You know, so we all got into this business because of the WWE, and we hoping that one day we can get that WrestleMania moment. But we all know that that shit is not, like, promised. You know what I'm saying? So just have fun with it, and I hope the guy that <laughs> that you make it – shit, I hope I get in there someday. Me and Cash, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, like, just have fun with it. If you have a bad match, it's not the end of the world, man. Like, we're not fighting for real. Just keep it real. No. Exactly. Cash, um, yeah, uh, I would say uh, definitely being true to yourself. Uh, l- remembering that this is supposed to be fun. There's so much BS in this uh, in this business that you got to remember. If you're not having fun, why are you doing it, man? Like we kill ourselves out there. You know, um, I they they broke it down once. I forget who I was uh, looking at. But they broke down the impact of of one bump. One regular bump on the canvas is equivalent to a 60-mile-per-hour car crash. That's one. So think right. about that throughout your career. And you're doing that all day, every day. So you got to enjoy what you're doing. And um, one of the things that – let me uh, pick up this name I'm about to drop. But uh, <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that – that uh, Rikishi taught my brother and I um, was if you know your work, you will know your worth. So if you know your worth, you'll know your worth. Know that you're good. Know that, that what you have is different than everybody else, and no one will be able to carry you astray. Um, mm-hmm. That's one of the things that I love about my brother and I, like I was telling you earlier, um, no matter what people say about who we are as people, you know, but we're real, we're honest, we're raw, but at the end of the day, when we're on that, when, when we're in that ring, we're going to tear it the fuck up, the end. We're going to give the fans what they want, put some asses in some seats, and we can go home happy. Exactly. Right. All right, gentlemen. Well, go, go ahead, sorry. I'm just saying, that's just really the gist right there. <laughs> that's just really the gist. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Well, I, will, I do want to say it has been a pleasure having you guys on the air with us tonight. Absolutely. I have fun. All right. Uh, before we go, do you guys have any upcoming appearances that you want to plug? Yeah. Um, we have uh, the NOW show in Toledo is actually this Saturday. It's a memorial for one of the fans that uh, – were uh that were a high a diehard fan. Um this is Uprising fourteen uh in Toledo, Ohio this week. Next week, um we're we have this big show. It's uh EHF, P W K and um I believe it's um Price of Glory who uh Dan Severance uh fed and they're coming together to do this show called um Stack the Deck. And actually, is going to have uh, is going to be headlined by um, 
is going to be headlined by Jake the Snake Roberts, and that's next Saturday. Not this coming Saturday, but next Saturday. I was about to be like, figure it out, Cash. You got it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it's pretty cool to be on the same card with uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. Yo, for real. And another thing, like, be a fan, too. Like, you feel me? Because that's uh, another thing that I wanted to say. Like, don't lose your, your innocence in the business, too, because this business will kill you. It will, like, really, like, drain you. But if you remember why you got into it in the first place, you'll never, like, want to leave it. Because I know I was at that stage in my career, too, where I was just like, yo, this shit, whack, fuck wrestling. You feel me? <laughs> but I remember why I loved it so much, and that's why I stayed. So always keep your innocence and stay a fan as much as you can because once you get in the business and you, like, actually know – what goes on, you'll be like, what the fuck am I into? <laughs> so, prepare yourself. Mm-hmm. All right, gentlemen. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap it on to there again. Wrap it up here again. I want to thank you guys for joining me tonight. And Absolutely. you guys stay safe out there. Absolutely. Right, thank no you problem. so thank much. You. Right. No problem. Thank you, guys. All right, that was the Spirit of Detroit. Uh, real quick before we go, next week we got Creature Feature John Campbell. This has been another exciting edition of Off the Rails Radio. Till next week, I'm your host, Tom Wayne.